0: And with this particular kind of topic, people are generally disposed to listen, as long as you have an agreement in place that that is what you're here for. If you just went up to someone at a bus stop and said, I want to take an hour of your time and tell you about how I've had all these difficulties, you wouldn't have such a willing audience. Now, that might sound like a really obvious comment, and it is a really obvious comment, but it's something that's easily overlooked. Hello, you're listening to an adequate podcast by me, John Paul Flintoff. It's about creative self-expression through writing, drawing, and speaking. And it's adequate, because I can't do perfect. If you're talking about something delicate, it's important to set up expectations from the start. This episode contains the beginning of a workshop I delivered to an audience of speakers and would-be speakers, courtesy of a Cambridgeshire-based charity, Illuminate, which helps people to overcome mental health problems and then to talk publicly about their experiences. In other words, what you're going to hear is me giving a talk about giving a talk. So apologies in advance if it's a bit self-referential. Some members of my audience had already delivered many talks of their own, others hadn't. In this recording, we considered how to set up a kind of working relationship with each audience from the start. The session as a whole lasted just under an hour but I'm sharing only the beginning in order to keep this episode of an adequate podcast relatively short. Thank you to participants and to Cambridgeshire-based Illuminate for organising this session and agreeing to let me share this recording. Here we are. So great to have you here. Your time is very valuable to me. I appreciate your time and your attention. So I want to be of use and uh, I suggest that you take whatever you like and leave the rest. What I think I'm here for might not be exactly what I what you think I'm here for. So I'd love to know from any or all of you what would you like to get out of this. You don't have to answer, but if you have any any great hungry desire, yes, please. Um, yeah, hungry desire, please to
1: um to with any help with my talk so we're all doing a talk for illuminate and um i yeah i can't learn enough so anything you give i'll take thank you
0: <laughs> great okay thank you so the main focus is is a particular talk you have coming you you know that it's going to happen yes. so not, a, not just generally you might do some talks
2: yeah. So just to clarify, John-Paul, um, everyone is, um, has completed the Wellbeing Presenter Programme, which I've delivered to um, these lovely people um, who are all beneficiaries of Illuminate. Um, and they are writing a talk um, about mental health um, and their own experiences in order to deliver them to businesses uh, around Cambridgeshire to begin with. Right. Um, so we're all I mean, pretty much everyone's at the stage where they've kind of got a talk written um and they've delivered it to the group um and they've delivered it to the wider group as well so yeah we're generally all that's at that stage
0: great okay thank you very much so and eleni i saw your comment um which is for anyone listening i'd also be interested in how you as a person with mental health awareness and personal experience approach your preparation of your talk thank you okay well that's what i thought i was doing so that's a relief um uh a, uh, I don't need to go into a lot of background, but I've done a lot of talks. I did a lot of talks before I had a breakdown, then I had a breakdown. I got a lot better from talking to groups in group therapy and so on. Um, but of course, that isn't the same as doing a public talk. That's, it's not the same. There are similarities, but it's not the same. As it happens, I probably have found it somewhat, um, what's the precise word? Maybe a bit healing. To do talks about my experience, but it's not, you know, I wouldn't prescribe it to people to go and talk in public. Um, we're just being joined by one more. Okay. Um, so it can be it can be helpful and helpful to, to do talks about one's experience. Hello, welcome, and one more coming um hello hello so two two of you have just joined you'll notice that i'm recording i'm only going to be using the audio and I don't intend to identify anybody so if you feel more comfortable not using your voice you can leave a comment or a question at any time um, don't worry about the video it's nicer for me to be able to see you i'm not going to use the video that's an absolute promise so it's it's thank you very much for for coming back on screen if you want to ask anything just Put it in the chat, chat box and I'll read it aloud without identifying anybody. Nice to see you. Hello. Um, so where are we? Right. So how do I prepare for talks and, and how I have found it healing? Well, I've, I've mentioned that I can sometimes find it quite healing to talk about my experience because, you know, it's fairly human to feel a bit validated if people listen to you. And with this particular kind of topic, people are generally disposed to listen, as long as you have an agreement in place that that is what you're here for. If you just went up to someone at a bus stop and said, I want to take an hour of your time and tell you about how I've had all these difficulties, you wouldn't have such a willing audience. Now that might sound like a really obvious comment, and it is a really obvious comment, but it's something that's easily overlooked, which is that you have to have an agreement with your audience. You have to have some sort of an understanding and a willingness to serve that audience, you're there to serve that audience. And it changes every single time. So today I'm talking to you, mostly based in Cambridgeshire, connected to Illuminate. I have that some, some awareness of who you are. I know that at least one of you has a bag of popcorn. I know that one of you has a mug and is sipping from it. So everything that I'm seeing is a tiny little clue about you who are my specific audience today. I asked if I could see you because I feel more connected to you if I can see you. If you turn off the cameras, it's really hard. I have done a lot of talks because my talks about mental health are illustrated with drawings. So I'm looking at slides and I can't see anyone. And I quite frequently have the feeling they've probably all gone because it's all on Zoom and I'm not hearing anything. and I can't even see the chat box. I'm just looking at the pictures and talking over my own pictures. So, what I sometimes do, and um, everything that I'm doing with you now is a kind of a meta discussion of what I do with other people. So, I'm doing it with you, but it's what I do with him. Sometimes I say out loud while I'm looking at these drawings, Gosh, I'm having a wave of feeling that probably nobody's even there. And I won't know if you leave a comment in the chat box saying that you're there because I'm not even, I can't even see the chat box. But I just, I'm just going to hope that you're there and I'm going to hope that you're finding something useful. And I just say that, I just say out loud how I am feeling, instead of pretending to be all super professional and like I'm not feeling anything. And I can tell you that having looked at the comments afterwards, there's a little flurry of comments saying, we are here, John Paul, keep going. Um, Really good of you to share your story. You know, very nice comments. So, so I have to take a leap of faith that, that that might be going on, but I carry on talking anyway for now. An now, how do I get to the point where people are leaving comments? Just as a matter of, of a statement of fact, we've been together now for nine minutes. So far, only one person has left any comments in the chat. Now, that's not in any way a reproach. I'm just making an observation. Now, so how do I get to the point where I encourage people to leave comments in the chat? I will tell you what I do. One one thing that I do, I, I, will, I will actually show you, um, I'm gonna show you some examples from, Well, you're gonna hear more than see. From before I had a breakdown, when I went into companies, so I usually went to companies. I did sometimes do others, but I went to companies because it's really exhausting. It, It's enriching, it's healing, but it's really exhausting to talk about having a breakdown in front of a whole load of people, I don't know. Um, So I would go into companies and I would talk and I'm gonna show you exactly what my preamble was to those people, because one of these companies recorded it, because they wanted to show it to some other people who weren't able to make it at the time. So in this recording, which I'll show you, it's only three or four minutes, I think, Um, I make a reference to people in the future. And the reason why I mention that is because I'm constantly trying to remember that I have more than one audience. I mean, right now, you might say I have one audience, I've got you, but I've already told you I'm recording this, I might use it for people listening to a podcast. So that's a second audience. Also, I've got to be aware that although I have just given a sense that I think of you as some homogeneous audience in Cambridgeshire, who are with Illuminate, I can see that you are not homogeneous, you're, you're several individuals. So there are differences between you as well. So being constantly aware of who are the different audiences and how can I acknowledge the different audiences as I'm going along. Hello, nice to see you again. Um, so I'm gonna just show you that in a second, but I want to give you a sense of the, of the, um, of the stakes involved, not just for the speaker, but for the host. Because your host who invites you in is taking a risk. And um, I'm not going to play you very much of an interview I put on my podcast with the woman who first invited me to a law firm. You may have come across this already. If you haven't, you might want to listen to it. She heard me in a, in a um, self-help group called Talk for Health talking about myself. She thought that I had a good story to tell, not least because I'm a middle-aged white man who's willing to talk about having had a breakdown and there aren't that many. So if you want to listen to that interview, you might find it useful because she's looking at it from the point of view of a host. But let me just play you her first comment because I think it's useful to hear how high stakes it felt for her. So I'll I'll just share that screen um, and just play a sentence or two. So this is the episode, if you want to look it up, it's it's called An Adequate Podcast. You can find it on all the normal podcast places. And episode six.
1: It was very interesting to watch people's faces. You know, there's always that moment of thinking, am I going to enjoy this? Am I going to find it interesting? Um, So I do remember you saying that you had had this incredibly painful experience that you were going to talk about and that you really welcomed questions, but that you would reserve the right not to answer questions if you didn't feel that it was appropriate to do so. And I could see people actually sit up and take notice at that point, because that's not something you hear very often.
0: The ooh bit was me mucking about with audio effects. That didn't really happen when I did my interview with her. um because i wanted to lighten up what can be quite dark so and, and i'm i'm conscious of that let me try to remember to come back to that the idea of including light and dark is really important um okay so then so so joe just described what happened when I, she first invited me in and it was a big risk for her because 250 people turned up and they're all paid by the hour because they're in a law firm and, and they charge a lot by the hour so she's taking a really expensive risk to invite me. Anyway, so so then I'm gonna play you a, f- a few moments, yeah, three minutes and 29 seconds from a video that I said I had been recorded at, at an event, maybe two or three talks after that. So I was somewhat in, a, in, in the swing of this and I have done lots of talks before. And the reason why I'm showing you this is to come back to the thing that I just mentioned about m- negotiating some sort of an understanding with your audience. And I talked about putting putting comments in because on Zoom, that's your best interaction thing. That's your best chance. So far, thank you two of you for putting comments in it, I, and and no reproach to those who haven't. And I'm, I'm just making an observation. It's really important to say that. So I will now share that bit of video where actually it's, it's really the audio that matters because a lot of it isn't really video, it's just still pictures. Okay, here we go. Uh, Good afternoon, welcome to uh, today's Academy uh, event and uh, also uh, a happy World Mental Health Day to everybody and it's an opportunity that we we have with us uh, John Paul Flintoff. John Paul is a writer, performer and artist, uh, much uh, in demand speaker in the area of communication, creativity and leadership. JP unfortunately had a breakdown in 2017 after a bereavement, loss of work and other difficulties. Uh, He now conducts uh, inspirational and illustrative uh, talks uh, about his experiences which he does through drawings that he did whilst in a psychiatric hospital. Thank you, thank you very much and hello to all of you. Um, my own experience of sitting in an audience is that I usually think that I'm invisible but I can see you and, and I'm really uh, grateful that you've turned up in such numbers. Wow, that's great, you must have a really good thing going here. Um, so I've got a few little housekeeping bits of my own. Um, one of them is that, I, my, my, you may have noticed, my legs are trembling. It's a bit nerve-wracking, even though I've done it many times now, to talk about myself. How, who would have wanted to give that talk? Um, and uh, and um, also, the consequences of, of talking about this honestly and openly mean that I have to talk about people who really are important to me because they're affected too. And so I ask you most sincerely from the bottom of my heart to respect the privacy of everyone else that I mentioned. And you know, by all means say whatever you like about me to each other or outside or anything, but please not even to each other talk about my, anyone else, is that okay? And can, can you just like raise your hands because then you'll be making a little commitment and it'll be all lovely. Yay, thank you very much. And, and you people in the future, will you now raise your hands? Thank you very much. I'm trusting you did that. And I do feel a bit more confident and safe doing this in an law firm, because like, it's a law firm. Like, That's good. Um, very quickly, I used to be a legal journalist and I was a really snotty young man who thought he knew best and wrote lots of things for a magazine called Legal Business. I feel very kind of at home in a funny way. Um, a Couple of other things, housekeeping. Oh yeah. I, I urge you to, to just take what you can, what you, what you like from what I tell you, and, and just ignore the rest, it doesn't matter. You may hear things in my story that sound familiar to you about your life, or you may think, oh, maybe that's like someone that you know. And that's great, that's wonderful. So just take whatever you want. And I'm going to talk about myself. And I add to what you said earlier about questions. I'm really happy, I've learned a lot about boundaries now, um, I'm really happy to, to be asked any question, and if I don't want to answer, I'll just very nicely say I don't think I can answer that one. But so far, no one's asked me a question I wasn't willing to answer. So, so do be, be prepared to ask. And if it's something you don't want to ask in front of everyone, I'm quite easy to find. I've got an unusual name. You can email me or come up to me afterwards because I won't rush off. Is that understood? Okay. I, I was uh, Over the last few years, I was getting very, very thoughtful. I know no psychologists call it ruminating. I was just constantly like mind racing and having all sorts of different thoughts. And... None of them quite settling in the right place and like what what what's it all what's going on? And it was partly because of a sequence of things that had happened to me. Okay, so that is how I, yeah, more or less. I'm not following a script. I'm trying to, I'm trying to genuinely be with the audience and I'm trying to really set out with them what I'm here for, what I think they're looking for what I ask of them, what I give them permission to do. Can you can you remember any of those things? Feel free to say it out loud or type in the box. What, what are the things that seem to be, what was I up to that sticks in your mind?
2: Um, I really like that you acknowledge your nerves because I think that really relaxes the audience and makes them... I mean, they know that you're human anyway, but it really creates that kind of like cuts down that boundary already. i um, sorry, cuts down that barrier already. Um, yeah. um, and I think that's really important because we all get really, really nervous. But acknowledging it there and then it's not like you're trying to pretend it's, you're not nervous.
0: Yeah. I, I, if I might add to that, I, I think it's really important to be straight and honest about how you're feeling and I th- and i just want to add because it's important you don't have to always say that you're nervous if you're really excited and having a great time say that and they'll love that too they'll see that you're full of beans and really excited to be here and so just be honest about that just check yeah. in with ha- where you are at that moment whatever it is yeah. but thank you yeah anyone else what did you notice or yes
1: Um, So one thing that really, really
2: struck me was the way that you presented confidentiality. Um, I have kind of worked uh, around that for years and I just, i absolutely blown away by that whole concept that actually, that you are then in a safe place to um, get, I mean, you ask people for a commitment, which I thought was really really just very fair, um, but also the fact that you can then, give your story um and bring those other people into your story without them then being that story then being taken away um because it's their story too do you know what I mean so I, ju- I just loved that thank you so much for that it was just a kind of one of those light bulb moments for me I've never heard it done that way before so thank you so much
0: oh you're, you're most welcome and I, I what I often actually find myself saying is that I realize it's an entirely unenforceable commitment. I, I can't stop them mm. I'm just asking them to put their hand up. And how I have translated that by some, you know, thank God, I don't know how this idea popped into my head, but on Zoom, where there's so much less sense of safety, at least initially, I just found myself. So, this is the secret of the chat box. I found myself saying the same thing on Zoom. And then I said, look, this is completely unenforceable. I don't know you. I, I'm never going to. I can't even see half of you, 200 people on Zoom is really hard to keep an eye on. And I say, look, so I'm, yeah, I'm gonna make myself very vulnerable here and I'm gonna share a story with you because I think it's important and because I passionately believe that it might actually help one or two of you from, you know, save you from the worst. Um, And so for that reason, I'm gonna ask you to promise that you won't breach the confidentiality in the way that you've just um, heard. And I say, you know, I won't know whether everyone's done it or not, but I, I invite everyone now, and I always say invite, I invite everyone now just to type, I promise in the chat box. So would you do that now for me? Mm-hmm. Would you hear, you illuminate people, just type, I promise in the chat box.
2: Is it worth having a, um, this is to, uh, to Jean-Paul and, um, and Susie, is it worth having an NDA for these, these, these um, uh, presentations we're doing?
0: I I wouldn't myself okay. want to do that because for me that introduces an element of distrust.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I like to think I'm freely giving you of my experience. I mean not I don't mean always freely because often they pay and I think that's important because it's tiring and it's work. But um I I am giving from my heart and I don't feel like having an nda but that's me and you might be different and that's completely fine now i don't know what it's like for you to have typed that in the text box i don't know what is it like i mean someone tell me what was it like to type i promise in the chat box
1: um
2: i found it really like um nice like really like you're making a commitment and you're really engaging in the process rather than just being a spectator it's it's it's, it's quite personal, but I like
0: it, it's nice. Great, thank you. Uh, does anyone else, yes?
1: Um, it it instantly, um, for me, it would instantly bring um, a recognition of respect.
0: Thank you. What, what I did say earlier that I would do because I'm recording it is, is not identify anyone, but if I were not recording this, I would be naming you regularly. I would be saying, thank you that person whose initials are EV for your quest, your comment. Thank you SP for your comment that came before that. Thank you YC for the question that you asked. Thank you S for what you've just said. I would be naming you more because it's really important to me to think about how can I create an an ever greater sense of connection with everybody. That's all. I can't do it with everyone. And so quite often I acknowledge I can't acknowledge all of you all the times. So I, I wish that I could. I haven't said anything to R.S. for a while, but I see you. You're still there. Um, so I'd just like to—I'd like to do that because you know you have given up your time. Anyway, I said that already. What, what was there? What else was there that you might have noticed? Yes. Yes. Wow.
1: Um, one of the things I question myself is about the so it's been mentioned so I've made lots of incredibly painful journey okay so you mentioned that which it is but also um important for us well if we want to obviously not everybody wants to but if we want to share our story to help others and then just homing in on where the ladies feedback was, you were almost painfully honest now immediately if I read that and I wasn't here today I would be concerned that she was saying she felt pain, and she was a bit, you know, your honesty was too much. But I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case because I get from all of our talks that we are actually being painfully, you know, it's a painful journey, and we are being painfully honest. Yes, sure. an open question as well as saying I loved yeah. that. I loved that, but it would. Um, I wonder if you could validate that a little bit more. Do you mind?
0: Yeah sure so when she said that she was referring to the the self-help group that we were in where i was the first person to stand up and volunteer to talk and i and i just kind of completely went for it in a way that she wasn't expecting because normally there's a bit more tentative you know people beat around the bush a bit and so that's what she meant about this she was startled by it
1: yeah
0: um but it's a really good point we i suspect that we might all but i can only talk for myself we might all worry that we're going to say something that upsets people. So I give everyone full permission to be upset. I don't think I did it in the clip that you've just heard, but I say if you feel like laughing, that's great, and if you feel like crying, that's great too. If you can't take it and you want to leave, I won't be offended. I give everyone in the audience full permission to hear it in the way that they do hear it, not not to pretend. Uh, if it's too much, don't you know? Don't worry about leaving. If you want to. So it's burst into tears. That's fine too. I'm going to assume that you're okay. If you're crying, you know you'll survive. So I'm not going to I'm not going to try and stop or sort of turn anything down. I'm telling the story as it is because I think it's important to be fully honest. So that's how I address that, and I leave it up to other people to decide whether it's too painful for them. Does that Does that answer the question?
1: Um, it does. Um, but it's also highlighted a further part of that. Is, is it okay to ask this? Am I asking it at the wrong time? No, no, no. <laughs> um, and that is um you said a moment ago that it's important to you to actually tell the story as it, it is, and that's how I feel. But what I'm concerned about is if it offends anybody, so my so say your the story in reality was that. that you know, there was a lot of bullying and, you know, maybe managers and things like that. But actually, you you need to talk about that because it's part of your journey. But then what if managers there don't like the fact that you're referring to? So it would be the same in any talk. But what's your thoughts on that? That's
0: Right. Um, I'm going to be a bit meta again, and I'm going to draw attention to what is happening right now. You asked a question and you very nicely asked if it was okay to ask that question at this point. Yeah. And so we were constantly doing this kind of negotiation about to and fro, and I am very happy to be asked anything, but I think I'm going to come back to that later.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. So,
0: thank you. Um, was there anything else that you noticed about the way that I set up the, the sort of agreement between me and my audience? do doesn't have to be, you know, you think it was great, You could you could disagree with it, but anything that you noticed or that is useful? I'm gonna jump in with one that I think is important then. One is that I showed them a magazine from a legal magazine because I was sort of saying, I know a bit about you. I don't know everything, but I know a bit. I worked as a legal journalist. Your lawyers said, hello, I'm, I'm also on your planet. That's one thing. Um, another thing that I would draw attention to is that I encouraged, I gave opportunities for people to laugh and this is a talk that they're all turning up to. They all know it's gonna be probably a bit dismal and probably quite painful, maybe painfully honest, all those things. So it can help to do a little bit of a release valve, just making light of a couple of things. Who would want to deliver that talk? Nobody wants to deliver a talk called high flyer to rock bottom, an easy joke. Another reason why I think it's important, I talked about light and dark. Um, You don't have to be a literature expert, but I I studied English literature. I love full stuff. If you know anything about full stuff, it's all funny, it's all funny, it's all funny, and then there's a sad bit. And I think the sadness is sadder for the funniness that came before it. So I would encourage you to allow people to see the wide range of everything. It enriches all the different emotional responses that it is not just one note one note of dismal is hard to listen to painfully honest plus the odd gag bit better maybe but easier to listen to so i would draw attention to that um and i've already pointed out that i refer in the talk to the audience of the future the audience that is elsewhere just as on on this conversation with you guys largely based in cambridgeshire i have also referred to you guys who might be listening to the podcast in the future. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to trying to keep all of my audience being seen. Thank you for listening to an adequate podcast with me, John Paul Flintoff. If you want to hear more episodes on this theme of self-expression, please subscribe. I'm very keen to make this podcast interactive. Send me a comment or a question and I'll try to build it into an upcoming episode. Bye for now.